Welcome to Integrate Yourself, everybody. I'm your host, Allison Pillow, and you can find me at pureenergypdx.com and finallythrivingbook.com. Today, we have a special show. As always, one of my favorite people, Dr. Cliff Oliver. Dr. Cliff has been in holistic health for over 40 years. He is also the co-founder of the Czech HLC programs, and he is a functional medicine practitioner as well as has been a nurse, and he is a holistic chiropractor and still practices chiropractic medicine. I had uh, invited Cliff to be on the show because he's got so many wonderful stories to share. He's been, like I said, in the holistic health industry for a long time and has seen it uh, transform and evolve and change and as well slide back a little bit within the past couple of years and we discuss what is happening right now with the holistic health and alternative medicine field and the practitioners within that and his experience with that as well and he gives also some context to that and and we talk about the you know how it's progressed through the years since the 70s which is when he got involved with it so I love having people who have had this long, uh, this this great extensive uh, ex- uh, experience and time in industries because I think it's really important to be able to share that kind of wisdom so that we have context for the time that we're living in because you know if we're just going by what we're hearing or seeing, it gets to be. Um, a little bit confusing, and uh, and sometimes we get pulled in a direction we might not have been pulled in if we had all the information or had some context for it. So I am so excited to have him on the show to give us that today, as well as he has some great stories. He's a wonderful storyteller. He shares a wonderful story about how he became a musician, how he started playing the flute, and Ironically enough, it just came about from him playing, just having fun with it and just and not really having any particular focus or direction with playing the flute. He just started to uh, play or literally play around with the flute. So he would just make uh, notes and eventually it came together and formed music. And I thought that was just amazing. So we talk about striving versus uh, thriving in this show and the difference between the two, and uh, being in a very narrowed focus uh, learning pattern is is actually pretty stifling, is what we discuss in this show, and how that can affect your higher creativity. So um, really special show, a lot of great information. Um, He is just an incredible guest and and a really good friend at this point. So um, I'm so honored to share this episode with you all. As well, I'm getting some amazing feedback, uh, feedback, feedback from my book, Finally Thriving. Uh, it is, it's been incredible. And I really appreciate all of you who've shared your experience of the book. I, I'm just so excited about getting this book out there. It seems to be helping so many people at this point. Um, and I'm excited about that probably more than anything else because my intention was to really help everybody after the couple of years we've been through. And help everybody 
go through their own healing process and, and processing the, the, any trauma that was experienced this past couple of years, coming back home to yourself and really building that foundation of health that is really unshakable. So once you learn it, you got it. And you can go on to higher states of being, higher states of creativity in your life, really create a life that you love being in and you love living. And as well as just loving the body that you're in. There's so many wonderful aspects to uh, this stuff that I share in the book and how you can create that for yourself. It's a different take on fitness. It's a different take on nutrition. It's a different way of looking at yourself. It's really about changing your perspective. And so I'm teaching you how to do that so that you can love your life. It's really that simple. It can be that simple. So that's what I share with so many people, making it very practical and easy to do this. Uh, So check it out. I'm going to leave a direct link in the show notes so that you can purchase the book. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at finallythrivingbook.com. So without further ado, it is my honor and my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Cliff Oliver. Enjoy. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Ah, so welcome to Integrate Yourself, everyone. I'm your host, Allison Polo, and you can find me at pureenergypdx.com. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, and you just heard him play this magical flute that we have a story about and we'll share later in the show. But, um, Basically, his name is Dr. Cliff Oliver. I've known Dr. Cliff for quite some time now. Uh, when I started out at the Czech Institute, he was one of the teachers, and I learned a lot about functional medicine from him and low-tech testing and, and all kinds of amazing stuff, and, and, and as well as I was really inspired to uh, pursue music, and I bought a flute from him, and we're going to tell that story later and how it, it made its way back to him again. Um, but he has been in holistic integrative health care for 40 years, uh, or more actually more than 40 years with degrees in, uh, BSN and DC founder, uh, and he's fa- co-founder of the Czech HLC programs. And, um, I got the, I had the honor and the pleasure of going through one through three of the HLC program and, uh, learned so much from that. There was so much information it took me years to integrate it, but lots of amazing information. Um, he is a chiropractor. He's a holistic chiropractor and he's, uh, his business is center for balance. And, um, I will share all his social media links and he's also an iPhone photographer. He has some amazing photos and, 
And uh, he, he's, he gave me, he gifted me a book of his photos that were incredible. But if you ever get a chance to follow him on Instagram, I highly recommend he takes these amazing pictures of, of surfers. And he also used to make surfboards. He's, he's patented of, of surfboard as well. So we're going to get into some of those stories today. Uh, welcome, Cliff. Thanks so much for coming on. This is so wonderful to have you here today. Gosh, thank you so much for the nice introduction and inviting me to be on your podcast. It's a real pleasure and an honor. And it's great. You're so welcome. Face again. Just, yeah, uh, we had so much fun. We we connected again uh, years later, just recently this uh, last year, actually late last year. Um, and uh, yeah, that was an amazing. It was we had a great conversation. It was so fun to catch up and connect. And um, you know, uh, asked you if you want to come on my show. You're like, ah, sure, I'll come on. <laughs> so I was like, yay, because it's gonna. That's because uh, I think more people. Um, you just have some great stories. You've been around the block. You've been in the holistic health community for so long now. You've seen the changes. You've seen, um, you know, how it started out and, and, you know, some of the beginnings of it. And, and it's really interesting to hear, um, you know, how far it's come and then how a little bit, how far we've also slid back. But, um, you know, it, it, even just in the time I've been in holistic health, it's, it's changed quite a bit. So, um, yeah, crazy yeah, what's there's happening. Some powerful forces out there that want a certain status quo and whew, there's a lot of resistance, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yes. It's, it's a little concerning how many people just kind of that were in the holistic health community just folded and left their values at the door. And, you know, because I, in my opinion, holistic health is about be believing in and entrusting in the healing potential of the human body. Right. And that can be very, um, that can be kind of unlimited because there's so many ways to do that. But, um, when we talk about doing it in, in the way that people have suggested most in the most recent years, it seems very limited and, and, and a lot of people in the holistic health community, it seems like have gone in that direction too. So that to me was a little confusing, you know, why they would do that after so many years of uh, teaching people that the body heals itself. And here are things that you can do to, to help it with that, you know, through, you know, spiritual, emotional, mental aspects as well, not just physical, right? Right, right. It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the first holistic health conferences ever held in the Western world were in San Diego. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to them there in the mid seventies. Um, I was at San Diego State doing a Bachelor of Science in Nursing at the time. And there's people out there like John Thee, he started Touch for Health, which became really popular, mainly with nurses, massage people, body workers. It was about balancing the body. What a concept. <laughs> right. And the first conference they had was like hundreds of people, like, I don't know, 300, 400 people. And they were mainly doctors, nurses, and traditional medical people who were fed up with the system. They were fed up with having to break things down into units and give them a drug or something to, you know, try and get them out of symptom response. So they were like really dedicated people. And they were just had this whole concept. And the original debate on holistic was, should it be W-H-O-L or H-O-L? 
And it's oh, right. Interesting. We had the whole earth catalog back then, right? Yes, yes. So the whole earth catalog is about the whole earth, but the holistic debate was HOL is like holistic, like holy, right? Holy. Yes, right. And that one, that was like, that was the model. And it went for three years, this conference. It was so good. It was so, I mean, uplifting and so many interesting people. I met a psychiatrist from Baltimore who was doing, you know, like intuitive diagnosis on these cases nobody could figure out. And places were starting to open up and then the the walking crashing down you know the forces to be to keep it without changing really took away the impotence and the people just sort of filtered off into smaller groups and just it's just sadly went its way I mean some groups survived like the American Holistic Nurses Association American Holistic Physicians group and then some splinter groups started up and then uh, Andrew Wilde came along and he started integrating medicine so he was going to have medicine and then integrate it with some of the things from the other side and some of the things were like herbal compounds and right. dietary and some breathing but he was anti-chiropractic and anti few other things it's like it wasn't very inclusive yeah <laughs> it wasn't so <laughs> only the holistic things that i think are holistic <laughs> right so that was a crazy crazy times and then it's you know people started getting more into it as they realized the medicine that we were getting the healthcare system wasn't quite working and then right. it really blew up the last two and a half three years people i think are really starting to wake up that not one group suggested gosh maybe having a good lifestyle maybe being out <laughs> of the sun at the beach was something to promote health not i mean i belong to two medical groups you know for my healthcare managed care thing at UCSD Medical Center and Scripps and they haven't sent out one thing about let's check your vitamin D levels let's do you know anything nothing nothing it's like get your vaccine or don't come in it's, it's just overwhelmingly horrible step back it's like we came so far up the hill you know climbing and then we went off the cliff we didn't even roll back we just went boom. <laughs> I know. Why do, you, why do you think that is the case? I can't figure it out myself. It's, it's, I don't know if it's that some of the holistic practitioners really wanted to secretly be medical doctors, or if it's something else that's going on. I can't, yeah. you know, it just, or, or maybe people are just afraid, I, but it just seems weird to me. If you have that knowledge that you would just immediately let all of that go and, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think a big part of it is that they're attacking medical practitioners. Mm. So the powers to be, the medical boards, the hospital boards, um, they're literally coming after people. So like when this first started, I mean, the very beginning, nobody even really knew there was a pandemic to start. Um, my personal medical doctor and good friend for 30 years tells my girlfriend, I goes, you guys got to get this stuff. You got to get this hydroxychloroquine. I'm going to write you a prescription. Well, I know about hydroxychloroquine because it's used a lot in, you know, some autoimmune diseases. So I'm going, well, really, why, why would I want to do, I mean, we've got all this other stuff. Why would I do that? You've got ozone. We can do this and that. And he goes, no, you got to get this now. <laughs> so he writes a prescription. We run over to like Rite Aid, I think it was. And we pick up these prescriptions. And lo and behold, within a month, you couldn't get it. Oh, right, right. They took it, it off the market. Cancel it out. And then literally people coming after and attacking him, you know, like trying to shut him down. And then when these different 
you know, restrictions and people trying to get their um, some sort of medical excuse or religious exemptions, things like that. They're now coming after medical pr practitioners in California that they get no exemptions. Yeah. So you have to be get their treatment or you can't even be in practice. We can take your license away. Yeah. So it's been tough. And it, you just, of course, most people are following the uh, Peter McCullough stories and, you know, um, Robert Malone and those mm -hmm. people are being attacked. Well, that's going all the way filtering down to nurses. I am a nurse, I'm a registered nurse, and I have lots of friends around the country, New York City, Omaha, and they're getting let go out of their positions, worked at 20 years there, 15 mm -hmm. years, if they won't take this medicine. And then, wow. like, to be honest, I have one really good friend who's uh, just finally got certified in healing touch, so energy work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the hospital in the Midwest. You think, wow, what a perfect thing. These kids are mass, they're scared to death. And somebody come in and, right, lay <laughs> on And she's got, she got fired out of the position because oh she's God. not stabbed and uh, she had a, a religious exemption. It's just like it's like beyond crazy. So yeah, yeah. So people are afraid of getting their license taken away too. It sounds like a, a that's happening a lot as well. Yeah. Or getting fired, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I know of uh, some nurses too that have had to leave their position uh, where I live, and they're you know they're they're like, wow, I can't believe this. I've been doing this for twenty or thirty years, you know, and it's just nuts. Um, it's, <laughs> there's some bigger stuff going on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, so you got, oh my God, you got, so I love listening to your, all of your stories and, um, and, you know, about like holistic health and, and just all the people you've known along the way. And, um, when I, you know, sometimes when I think I've been in it for a while, I'm like, wow, man, Cliff, he's seen a lot. <laughs> Uh oh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't, I don't mean that as like, I mean, that totally as a compliment. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for experience and, and having stories in your life. Right. I mean, that's what we're here for. So, um, but you gotta, you gotta tell everybody kind of, I think it's important, especially now that we like share with people where we've come and where we've been, because, you know, there has to be some context here for what's happening now, you know? Um, whole cancel culture thing where they're canceling out everything historical. Yes. Well, medicine's yeah. been canceled just as much as anybody else is. What's know? being canceled, you said? Medicine, the history yeah. of medicine. And, well, I mean, natural, yeah. any natural remedies too, like are not being talked about any, or not allowed to be talked about, right? Right. Not allowed. No, it's out of context. Oh, erased. And I mean, literally erased. You can't even track it down. You can't find it in search engines. It's, it's amazing. That's why I just kept all my books that had all that kind of stuff in it. And if you go, I'll, I'll also recommend that people listening, like go to thrift stores, find these old books and put, keep them because you might not be able to get this information much longer. You know, we got sucked in or seduced by, oh, it's everything's online. Mm -hmm. books, I can find the answer to it. And then now you look up stuff and you look up, I don't know, detoxification. And also you're put in touch with, some medical institution for 
something or other and you go wait a minute that i was thinking about maybe coffee enemas and i thought that you know something a little bit more like sauna maybe (laughs) (laughs) that's too radical for the surgeon it's like yeah crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's so funny how we need so much assistance to detoxify our body when it has all these systems within it that do it right. on its own. You know, it's just, we just have to give it, you know, the support. Um, and that I think is the, the rub here, you know, is like with all the things that people tell us that we need for our bodies and, and when, when our bodies ultimately heal themselves. Our immunity does work, whether whatever we're using, it's working, you know, whether it's, you know, the medicine they're suggesting or not. And you're also, you know, your body is constantly regenerating, constantly detoxifying. It's, it's doing all this work all the time, right? This is what we're here to do. And to, to, to be so disconnected, which we are as a society, I think, as far as um, the trust in our body to do its job, to help us, to support us, um, has really been lost along the way, especially now. Um, and there's so much fear around that. Um, and so energetically, that is, that's also creating a lot of health issues, right? Completely. I mean, seriously, what's happening with kids that live next door to an elementary school and just driving by there horrifying they're masked and outside they can't even sit close to each other and now they're finally letting them move a little closer but they're running around with their masks on and then you oh, have the market and the little kids demand to put them on they feel scared when you look at different you know, ways of measuring that and the suicide rate is just skyrocketing and how these kids ever going to overcome that i just heard a stat i think it was robert malone was talking about it uh, about the IQ level has dropped something like 22 points in these oh, kids, wow. the average kid in the last two years. The IQ level, 22 points. How do you ever? That's that, a lot. That's a lot. And how yeah. do you ever get kids to feel safe again if they won't even, nobody else at the beach has a mask on, they're out there with their mask off. These little kids, they're four, five, six years old. It's like, yeah, he wounded a lot of people. It's going to be very hard to overcome. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of implications there because, um, it's not, and a lot of people, some people think it's not a big deal, but I actually see it as where it's, it is a big deal because if you're thinking about like, you're changing the pattern of someone's breathing, right. And we, we both know what the implications of that are because, you know, when you become more of a mouth breather and a chest breather, that's going to put you in a state of fight or flight constantly. So you're, you're raising yeah, you're raising the next generation to be in this fight or flight mode, right? They don't know how to downregulate their nervous system. They don't have the tools, right? Um, and so there's that aspect of it. And the other aspect of, of it, of course, kids are learning social behaviors. They're learning a lot through watching people's facial expressions. And uh, when they're not getting that, you know, that is going to, that's going to create some, some social issues as well. And some, uh, a learning curve as it relates to that. So, um, and the isolation factor too, because some people are still being isolated as well. And, um, and then not to mention, I've heard about this, uh, not too long ago, this, this is horrible. They were, there was a news article and I can't remember where it was, but they were advocating people bully our kids it's okay for kids to bully other kids to get the, uh, the medication. Yeah, right? no, you're right. No, absolutely. Yeah. 
I was like, what is going on? (laughs) This is nuts. JP Sears is, you know, ex-Czech person who's got his podcast out there. And he had a great one the other day about out there in New York City with a megaphone. Turn in your neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) I just just saw in the news, I mean, just this morning about the tennis tournament in Melbourne, my favorite large city in the world. I just loved going to Melbourne to teach. And now they have the most strict lockdown, crazy. And here's Djokovic coming in to play in this tennis tournament. He had all the passports done, all the medical exemptions to go there. While he's flying in, they say, no, we have the strictest things. The government's, we can't let a medical exemption for a tennis player. And so now he's in the flight, he lands, and they're like, you can't get off the plane. You can't be here. Oh, my God. Oh, that's it's crazy. That's it's just, yeah, it's, there's no like, there's no logic to it no. at all whatsoever. And there's no uh, common sense. Uh, it's just, especially if you know anything about health, you know, uh, it's just great. I, I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like doctors should know more than what there's when they're. <laughs> so, I mean, how can you have a, how can I mean, you, how can you have the parking lots <laughs> to the beaches closed? with police cars. Like we have a small women see beach with this picture behind me from that area. They go there almost every day. They have a small parking lot holds maybe 20 cars. Yeah. During the main part of this, they have three police cars. Oh my gosh. Anybody parking there to go to the beach where you can walk on the beach. And here comes these guys all look like they're ready for the SWAT team. Get off the beach is dangerous. Like what? Yeah, you've been (laughs) doing, okay, so you. So I want to give people a little bit of background. You have traveled, you've taught all over the world, you know, and I think Australia was a big place for you to go pretty often, right? What are you, what's going on there? It, it is crazy. Do you, I mean, what happened? I thought they were so open about things, and especially as it related to health. You know, I felt like they were very progressive in the alternative health realm. And um, they just kind of just got, hijacked or something I, I you know think they were getting hijacked a long time ago and people didn't know it so i'll give you an example there's um i think it was 2005 right around there 2005 something there and i'm going over there to teach and one of the stuff was on adrenal glands like you know what stress does your adrenals and what hormones are affected like dha and pregnenolone and the, the guy who runs the program for us over there comes up to me and says well you can't mention dha I said, what do you mean I can't mention DHA? It's against law. And he shows me this piece of paper that says you can't talk about these different hormones or things. And it's like a $10,000 fine. And he thought he'd be fine if I talked about it to these coaches and trainers. I am like, why? I'm going, what is that about? Who's passing these crazy rules that you can't talk about? So that's like, that's 15, over 15 years ago. Yeah. Then the next thing I know is that there's this... Um, commission out of Germany many years ago, and they keep trying to pass stricter laws for nutrients. And so while I'm over there, another time a little later, I don't know, maybe three, four years later, they're having this passing of this commission effect on the natural foods industry. And they got in there by saying that the company that made a lot of products for other people, like Metagenics, that's a popular one they made, they Mm -hmm. said something was wrong with the batches of fish oils or something but they went in and they shut down the whole industry and then they re instigated these laws 
that are like draconian about what they can sell, the amounts they can sell. I mean, it was like overnight, nobody even knew it happened. That's crazy. So that, was, that was at least 12 years ago in Australia. So I they, didn't even know about that. Yeah. Oh my God. They've had some underground things I don't think people knew about. Even fields didn't seem to affect them. But wow, yeah, stuff was going on. And now. Wow. Oh. And now, oh my gosh, they took it up on about 10 notches. <laughs> it's, so, uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, things around the world are, are a little nutty as well. And, um, I know that in San Diego, uh, they're, they're really pushing back some from what I last saw. Yeah, um, it's tough though. The city council and the school board are not on board. They want the mainstream CDC and they're not bending. So hundreds of went down and protested, gave testimony, and they just kind of blew us off. Mm. They're not listening. They don't care. Wow. Really amazing. These people are so arrogant. Yeah. I wonder how much they're getting paid <laughs> to do that. And by food, <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's but like we shouldn't do too away on this because we have such a great topic to talk about. I know, I know. I was, I know. We probably need to switch topics here. We had, that's <laughs> enough about bum, that. We want to bum people out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, let's see. Where should we begin? I mean, we're talking about uh, you. We had talked when we met uh, back uh, uh, late last year um, oh. about. Yeah, I'd mentioned something about like, I'm so tired of, I'm done with striving because I'm ready. Yes, what a great topic. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I posted something on Instagram too. Like uh, I've been hustling all my life and like, I'm done with that, you know? Um, and it really relates to the, the you know, uh, the this thriving versus surviving mode. So we're, I think we're coming into an age too, where people are given the opportunity to slow down and, and really see the beauty in life, which is the other side of the coin actually. Right. So, I mean, there's like a lot of crazy stuff happening. You could call it bad, I suppose, but in a way it is pushing people into looking at their lives differently, right. Having a different perspective, really honing into what matters most in their life and um, I think that's a gift in itself. And, and so for me personally, I was just, uh, you know, I was trying so hard. And, and even like when I was at the Czech Institute, when I first met you, I was really, you know, wanting to know all this information so that I could become this amazing practitioner. And, you know, and it's just, it really is not as much about that as is about your experience of life. Right. And it's, it's more, right. what I've learned is, you know, it just gets so tiring for you to push yourself into depletion all the time because you don't feel like you're enough. Right. Or because you need more, or you got to have more information before you can do that thing. Right. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for practice and experience. And I feel like that's one thing I did learn from you was like, you were just doing things. And I saw you like going, traveling everywhere, teaching all these places and you're playing your instruments. And I was like, wow, like he's doing the holistic health thing, but he's also a musician and he's, you know, really, um, doing what he loves to do. And, and it, it was so beautiful to see that balance of life you had set for yourself there, as well as your photography is amazing. And, um, very, it just inspires me. I just love looking. I'm like, I could look at this all day long. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so, it, you know, it's, 
I think we're coming around to a, we're coming to a place where we're we're really having to to um, you know get to the bottom of our values, you know, or or reassess them, I suppose, because life has changed. We have we have new um, there's a new purpose, you know. You can do what you you know. Now's the time to do what you enjoy doing and experience what you want, right? Right. And, and when we say striving, oftentimes when we say striving, people become very narrow focused. Right? Yes. Yes. And so my message to this group, I mean, mainly Czech people were trainers and coaches and they were very narrow about this focus. And so much so that I yeah. said, oh, you got to get a flip, <laughs> bring some music into your life, you know, dance, do something. It's yeah. like it was like so narrow. And then you see what was happening to them. You see the overuse injuries and the breakdowns yeah. and being a, a practitioner in professional sports with the Padres for a while and seeing these people, what happened to them when all of a sudden their career was over, like, oh, we don't need you. We got somebody to take your place. And the devastation of being so narrowly focused, so striving for so long that they had no ability to integrate with the people in their lives with other things in their lives. So people often would end up in some sort of rehab, doing some, something that's not very good for them, right. eating, drinking, drugs, whatever. And it was pretty dramatic to see this. And it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I, I think it's all the pressure that you put on yourself, right? And I remember feeling that way too. Like you're, when you say narrow, yeah, it's so narrow and it's intense, you know, because you're putting all this pressure on yourself to, to strive and to, to be something that, you know, that I look back on, I'm like, I'm really not sure what I was trying to do, you know, cause. <laughs> I mean, we've got our dreams, you know, we've got our little things that we want to do, like make surfboards or be surfer yeah. or gymnast or right. things. So when they become exclusionary, I just saw this great documentary the other day. It was on these five top organists in the world who are in this contest in Canada. And so they have three top organists in the world in this contest and it's for under 35. So the top organists under age 35 going to Canada and they followed like five of them. And I'm going, and you just see this. Man, from a young age, they're like, da, 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 da. they're getting narrower and narrower so they can play these pieces. And then they're interviewing the guy goes, well, I look calm on the outside, but I'm a wreck on the inside. <laughs> and then the guy who ends up winning it was doing it in church. He was an organist in the church as a young kid. And he had jazz and he just wanted to play jazz, but he oh, knew wow. he could do it for this contest. But he had this little broader look at it, right? And it came through the music. Yes, they're from China, they're from Europe. It was crazy to watch this and then just reflect back on our subject, striving mm -hmm. to the point of being so now there's a great book by Les Fahimi. And he wrote the book called The Open Focus Brain. And I just I got this book and I flipped through it and going, Oh, this is amazing, because it's about how we pay attention. Yeah. And the more narrower we pay attention, the more stress there is in our lives. And so yes. I'm looking at like this, these organ players and they're like so narrowed down. It's like consume, they have a coach and they're this and that. And I'm like, wow, what's happening to the rest of their life? What happens when they don't win this contest? And you can see them just devastated when they didn't win, right? It's like, yeah. 
are horrifying. But anyhow, let's see me in this concept that if we narrowly objectively pay attention, it's the most stressful thing we can do, and especially if we shift from one to another. Concept shifting is super stressful. Where when we're striving, we're often striving to the exclusion of other things. So the opposite of that for him is when we're immersed diffusely. Like, well, mm. I fish, you know, like, where did time go? Right. <laughs> I'm, <out of> <laughs> I'm, I'm like totally immersed in the moment. I'm totally diffusely. It's like regenerating. Yeah, so yeah. Really teaching people with this striving to be something more and better and bigger and faster and smarter. And wait, you got to learn to be read before you're age three. And then you look at Steiner schools and Waldorf and they say, wow, if you read, read that early in life, your left brain is going to be dominant, but you, your right brain won't yeah. function. Right. Oh, what's that brain? Oh, that's the one for balance and music and colors and stuff like that. We've done this. And now these kids with these masks and stuff on, they're like so focused, so narrowly focused. They can't even see out. So it's it's amazing. Yeah. But that concept of striving to get some place at the expense yeah. of being. So I use the thing striving or being, and it's really continuing yeah. and it's really being able to step in and process both sides of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, balancing that out, right? And I, you're in, and no matter how hard you strive to go somewhere, you're always going to end up back home to yourself, right? It's always going to end up right there. Usually, <laughs> you step outside somehow. <laughs> and it's usually not on purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating that, um, yeah, we, we do teach kids to get in the left brain pretty early on in school, right? When they should I be imagining, using their imagination and like. In utero, right? We play music to yeah. it. <laughs> so here's this poor kid being blasted with the sound of A, B, C, D. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little early. Yeah. And then by oh doing that, we also lose the ability to change course, right? To. I say integrate, integrate on different levels. Right. Integrate on a spiritual, a mental, emotional level. We lose a lot of that ability when we become very narrowly focused. I had a dream many years ago before I started the check programs. And the dream was I was walking down a street and I look up this the top of this hill at the end, it's kind of a mountainous region, and it's like a mansion. And I'm going, wow, this is cool. And I go up to the mansion and I open the door and I notice inside there's all these rooms, you know, and they're like doors are open and stuff. And I, I wake up and I go, wow, that's the model for life. It's the hundred room mansion of possibility. Oh, I love that. And what do we do when we're born? We have like the doors are wide open. Yes. Usually, unless mm -hmm. there's some sort of force shutting them. Your parents are going, Oh, look at little Johnny. So cute. He's what his voice is so good. He's going to be a singer. And the kids are screaming, right? But everybody's like enhancing this mm -hmm. ability to visit all the rooms in this mansion. And yeah. then I go, yeah. And then, okay. Then what happens? You go to age three or something. And all of a sudden you're being compared. Well, he's not reading yet. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The pressure. Yeah. So also, whoa, get Johnny reading. Yeah. You're like, wait, what am I? What? Like, I would yeah. always be like, what? 
Wait, yeah, am I doing something? Driving to be better at his reading. <laughs> and pretty soon in this little hundred room mansion, the doors are starting to close, right? And what well, yeah. he may have been a dancer, he may have been running around, he may have done this and that. But now all of a sudden these little doors of possibility are slowly getting shut. And the time he's like five or six, he goes to school and, oh, he seems to be better at being the class clown. We can't take him serious. Up, oh, there goes some more doors. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Well, boom. there goes the comedian door. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so in this dream and this character is going, gosh, and by the time somebody hits like a young teenager, wow, it's really the rooms are closing. By the time they're a young adult, it's like they're living in one bedroom. Oh, right? yeah. That's they're so like, true. Yeah. And then you have your own kids. And then you yeah. You beat yourself <laughs> up because I'm not again. good enough, or not this, or not, I'm not a good enough elder, I'm not a good practitioner, I need more information. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just. <sighs> and then by the time we get, I don't know, a little bit older down the line, we're not even in the one bedroom, we're in a studio apartment. Mansion <laughs> 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 of possibility. And it's like, I think it was Man. John Bradshaw, he said, God, we're born and they give us a bag. And in the bag, they start filling it up. And by the time we're a young adult, this bag's so full of can't do this, shouldn't do rules, regulations, uh, you know, focusing on this and that, that we can't even get through the elevator door, right? We just, <laughs> it's so overwhelming. We're so down. Uh, now at, the, at devices, we, I used to take pictures of people from my classes on people on iPhones or different devices. Uh -huh. and it's like this. <laughs> we were at some function the other night, and these kids were so bent over. It was like yeah. Christmas Day uh, potluck. These kids were like, they were paying no attention to the potluck. It was at the beach. It was a beautiful day. Surf was good. And they're like on this device, and their head from the side was so, this whole thing with tech neck and all this stuff going on. Looked like a kyphosis kind of yeah, thing going on. Dramatic, <laughs> forehead position. Oh. You could see the damage being done in real time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, again, and that, that's going to be, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not a good way to start it off there. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I just, I love your analogy of the mansion. That's great. And I think of also the bag as having, like, those are all our conditions that we have in that bag over our shoulder, right? So many conditions. And we've put more into the bag this past couple of years as well, which has been so weird. Um, way more. Right? Yeah, so many more. <laughs> yeah. I know, and, and we're making it, we're like owning those, like we're condemning other people for not yeah. having. Like, I'm not going to love you in, unless you do this. Right? And you're not going to be in my life until you do this. And you got to do this and that and all the other things. And that's ridiculous, you know? <laughs> but it's not a lot of possibility. A yeah, lot. it really does. Yeah. And, and so I think it's going to take some people who are more courageous to step outside that box of conditional thinking and start to open up more doors for themselves, you know, right. and just start saying, you know, Hey, thanks, but no, thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to do yeah. me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love, I love like uh, brain gym. So you, you probably heard. Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So I'm sure some of the people are listening to haven't, but it's, it was like, coordinating activities using both sides of the body doing different things like this and that oh yeah, so you, yeah. So you get this like integrated brain what a thought 
Steiner figured it out a long time ago. A lot of other people did, right? With bringing music in and movement mm -hmm. and yeah. not reading until you were seven. I mean, just some crazy stuff that yeah. would be more integrated. And that's again brought music into these, you know, these classes for these trainers. Gosh, why don't you try? <laughs> Why don't you try laughter yoga? Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I when I train people, I have those three components. I have um, a system of integrating the brain with the movement. We have a certain playlist, a very a, a certain rhythm that we work out to. It's it's specific, and uh, I make them laugh. <laughs> we have all those components. <laughs> I want listen. I want to change my state, but. Hmm, it's going to take years of striving. <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And, and can it, can we also look at things like, this is what I've, I've been thinking about lately is how about like learning, uh, how about um, looking at it uh, with like a childlike curiosity where you're curious about what's going to happen and you're excited about it and excited about learning something new instead of putting all this pressure on yourself to to know it all before you even really experience it, you know? I, th I think one of the things that for myself, that's really, you know, really gives me a lift is like learning. So I like to have my clients and people in the classes do a statement of purpose, right? So what's your purpose? Why are you here? What's, what makes you wake up in the morning and get out of bed? What is that? Well, you teach that and you've got to figure out your own, right? You got to, you got to dive yeah, in. Yeah, right. But <laughs> early on, mine is to learn and to share. So yeah. if I'm learning something and sharing something, then I feel like I'm of service, right? I'm similar too. I feel the exactly. same way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So where does it get hung up that I'm just learning, right? In this one room. Yeah. Who hasn't done this? I mean, I'm a, I was a, well, as I probably still am, an addicted learner. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so nearly that you forget to share. Right. And so you sharing is about connecting. It's about yes. making people feel safe, connected, um, having a discourse, having some sort of integrated relationship. And so you, that's again, it's balance, right? You can't yes. just be a great learner. You've got to do something with it. You can't right. just walk it up and learn all these <laughs> techniques for the five percent. That's not good for your body either to oh, do it like that. No, <laughs> But we do it, but it took me a few years to get over that hump. And one of them was at a dear friend from the original holistic health conferences, Paul Brenner, brilliant uh -huh. medical doctor, brilliant PhD. And many years ago, I called him up and asked if we could have some tea together. And I had some challenges I wanted to talk over with him. So we go down to his favorite coffee shop and we're sitting there and he's going, oh, and he has, he wrote this wonderful book about triangles of where we receive love and how we give love. And so he's. Wow outlining my life on this napkin at this coffee shop. He's got these triangles of love for your parents and who you relate to and what's going on and this and that. And I'm going, oh my gosh, we get done. And I felt like I had the roadmap. What I solved all my issues, I now had the roadmap. So we're cleaning up and his coffee cup spills and he takes this napkin and wipes up the coffee cup. The coffee spilling the table. And I'm going, wait in my life. Gone. <laughs> wait, what are you doing? He says, Oh, come on. And he takes it and he throws it in the trash. And he goes, You know everything you need to know. There's yeah. nothing that needs to be added. There's not another book, another seminar, another anything in your life 
is just being now. Yeah. <laughs> so we walked out of the restaurant thinking, how can I get back there without him seeing me? You need to dig through the trash. <laughs> I know. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope we don't, you know, hope we don't get rid of him before I get back. But by the time we got back to his place, I was kind of over. But still, it stuck with me. Right. Right. <laughs> That's incredible. And it's so true. I mean, everything that we do that we need has always been there. It's just opening yourself up to it really, you know, and, uh, it's that journey because like there's no leap is we're already there. Right. I mean, so when we did the holistic lifestyle, the original one, Mm -hmm. we had like six foundational factors and they were all based on what we already do. We sleep, we we eat, we, you know, have thoughts and we breathe. I guess we can all check the boxes. I think, gosh, we're in the class. Everybody gets a C. We're passing. So if we're about striving for something, how about integrating it all and take little bits and see where we could possibly make improvements with ourselves or friends or family. And then another one was um, NLP, right? No linguistic program. Mm -hmm. Right. Their big thing is like matching and mirroring. Right, that concept of mm-hmm. you know, in our conversation now, and you can get your head on my mind. We'll cover our we'll <laughs> cross your leg if they're crossing their leg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are doing all this stuff, and we have this ability to match and mirror those around, so we can help people without directly saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah, breathing's bad." No, we could just breathe well ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just hold space for someone, you know, like just exactly. listen. Yeah. Totally. There's so many ways to do this, Cliff, right? I, know. I, know. <laughs> um, I wanted to quit. I wanted to share. I didn't want to leave without sharing the story um, of the flute. Uh, and um, I, I'll start off by just saying that, like I, I mentioned I, this a little bit earlier in the show about uh, when I when I started going to the Czech Institute and doing the holistic um uh, nutrition and lifestyle coaching courses, um, HLC, um, I started working with you. And then, like you said, you, you, you kind of probably, you were, you were getting the vibe that people were too narrow focused and, and needed something more creative to open up their right brain. And that was me. And I, cause you know, it was like a whole new world for me. I was a young mom and I'd been with you know, uh, stay at home mom for three years, I believe, or two years. And I was just getting back into stuff for myself. And, um, you know, after it, you go through kind of a weird time when you, when you have a baby and, and, you know, especially as an athlete, your body changes. And then you, and I went through this stage of just, you know, kind of repurpose, like what's my purpose. And, you know, like, Right. all these things. Like, I just felt like, what, what am I doing? You know, what, what, cause it's kids are, it's really wonderful to have kids. Those are some of the best years of my life to be at home with them. Um, cause it's just like, you really don't have to do anything. You can just be there with them. You know, that's really it. <laughs> and yeah. at the time I didn't realize how valuable that was like, oh, that's a gift. But I had, you know, you're younger and you got things to do. You're like, you want to do things. So that's where I was at. I was a striver. And um, now I'd be like, heck yeah, I'll just do that right now. Um, But, (laughs) 
but you know, as I saw the flea, I was like, Oh, I really want to do that. That like that called me because I've always wanted to, um, you know, I, I became an athlete, but I always wanted to get into music more. My parents were singers. They were, um, they knew how to play instruments and they were all into that. And, and I, you know, I kind of had to make a choice between that and gymnastics at a young age because I, gymnastics is a full-time sport. So focusing, yeah, exactly. Very narrow focus, very narrow focus. And although it can be creative, it's also very, uh, you have to follow instructions and, and, you know, do what your coach asks you to do and it's, you're being judged. So you're really kind of, you're just doing it for everybody else, you know, in a way, (laughs) to be honest. And at first it's for you because it's fun. And if it doesn't get too competitive, it's still kind of that way. But I think the competitiveness of it gets in the way with, uh, because gymnastics is really fun, but I think it gets too serious, honestly, and too much pressure. I mean, you could, from this last Olympics with Simone Biles, you could tell that was, I mean, it's just, it gets to be dangerous if, you know, so, um, anyway, uh, I, I always had this, you know, love of music. And when I was a kid, I would sing and I would dance and I'd play instruments and do all these things. And then all of a sudden I dropped it for gymnastics, you know, and I thought, man, I would really love to do that again, but I don't see myself as a musician. And so I kind of, you know, didn't really use it that often. I had it there as a symbol of like, Hey, you know, you, you can do this. And it was, it's beautiful. And I played it from time to time, but I didn't really like get into it until just recently. I was like, um, going through like an identity, uh, kind of getting rid of old identities, like think ways that I used to see myself and, and all of that. And so I thought, yeah, I bought this flute years ago when I was starting out at the Czech Institute, I was, I was a completely different person, you know, and I was, I was going through things, um, in my career, I was building my career. Oh, and I'm definitely a different person now and want to pursue other things. And, so I don't know how we, okay, Paul, I think sent us an email and he was, and he, he was like, yeah, Cliff, get Cliff on your show. Like definitely. And, and then I, I think you asked about the flute or some, somehow it came up and I sent you a picture of it and you were like, Hey, would you be willing to let that go? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's like, yeah, it's like, I totally well, not totally, but almost given up. So, so this flute. Yeah, tell, so tell your there's, end there's, of it because that's a better, better story. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of a really cool story. We can make the long version. We'll make the kind of short version. But <laughs> I was in practice, private practice, had a big practice, saw a lot of people. And I had uh, some people I knew in the massage field, in the holistic health, IPSPE, Institute of Psychostructural Balancing, and um, Rick Gold, and he started acupuncture school, and he started this massage school. And so I worked with these people and knew a lot of them, knew the instructors. And one of the people who was involved in there had called up and wanted to do a trade. And by then in my career, I kind of knew that trades didn't work out so well. Somebody sort of felt cheated on one end or other. It was kind of, so I was like, well, no, I don't think so. I trades that. And I kind of knew the guy made massage tables, and I already owned several were in my clinic and so i went well and he goes oh, i've got something new and i knew he was getting into making drums i was thinking ah, i don't know what i don't need a drum either so he goes i'm coming over so him and his girlfriend come over to my office and they bring a flute 
I'm going, well, that's nice, but I don't play. <laughs> and I'm not a real musician. I play hack at the guitar, but, you know, that's not my thing. And they're going, well, if I just leave this with you for two weeks, and if you just go up and down, just go, see what you think. So at the time, I was every day I was doing a 15-minute meditation and a 15-minute power nap. I said, okay, my meditation will be going up and down on these notes. So I'm going, oh, this is cool. After two weeks, I'm going, kind of fun. And lo and behold, this kind of sounds like music. And wow. for somebody who's not particularly musical, I'm going, wow, I think I'm making music. Now, I'm kind of one of those people that if I learn something or play with it, I want to share it. So at the time, I was very involved in going to poetry readings in a place in Rancho Santa Fe, a bookstore once a month, they had poetry readings. And so I went there with this flute that he, now we had, trade was on. <laughs> I accepted <laughs> it. And I take this flute, I'm only playing for a couple of months. I go there and I go, would anybody like a flute behind their poetry reading? Well, who wouldn't want that, right? Right. So they're going, yes. So there I am playing, going up and down, dee, 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 and wow, it sounded really good on poetry. And the lady comes up and goes, well, I'm going on a book study tour, would you play for it? Wow. Oh, God. Twist my heart. <laughs> and then, so, so I do that, and a couple of months later, I get this phone call, get at my office, and this lady's on the line, she's going, um, I was at this bookstore, and I was looking for CDs of Native American flute music, great, and I needed it because I'm making a movie. This is going to be a documentary about saving these wetlands from Del Mar up to Vault Mountain. And I wanted Native American music in it. And I'm looking through these Carlos Nakai and all these famous people. And, I, and she goes, the lady at the bookstore says, why don't you go get the real thing? Why don't you have a real flute player? So she calls me up. Oh my God. <laughs> and I go, wow, great. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Again, I'm not a musician. I never took music to, you know, I'm, just make it up. I go up and down on the flute. So she goes, well, send me your CDs and your performance tapes. I'm like, busted. I don't have any. Right. So, she, so she goes, well, I'm going out of town, New Mexico. I'm doing scouting for this thing, Project Ron. I'll, two weeks come by and I'll talk to you then. Great. So I go and I call up a friend of mine. There's a little home studio. I said, hey, can I come play my flute? And you can record it. <laughs> He does. He says, great. So I go over there and I make up all these songs and make up. Da, 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 da. And he, two weeks later, he says, okay, I, I got him. I'll just bring him over. Brings in the CD. And he says, oh, I added some piano and <laughs> some other oh, instruments. Wow. <laughs> so I listen and I go, holy smokes. It sounds like real professional. Lady calls up. I said, oh, you know, I put some stuff together for you. Check it out. Comes by, puts her in a car, drives up to Del Mar. By the time she gets there, she hires me to do a movie soundtrack. Oh my God. Now I don't write music, I, don't, I just play makeup music. So my thing with the Native American flute and why I liked it so much was you can spontaneously make up music. Yeah. Right? No judgment, I'm not trying to play happy birthday or anything, I'm just making things up. So I call it uh, improvisational, spontaneous improvisation. I love that. Great. I'll just go spontaneously go up and down the flute. So I do this. End up spending the summer making this little soundtrack for this documentary. They had the final showing, huge turnout. They love it so much they pay me double. I would have paid them. So if there's <laughs> something to be said about being on purpose of expanding, right? This we're talking about striving, but there's something about bringing a lot of joy into that striving, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
I mentioned the, earlier on in our program about this program I saw with these organists. And these people are so focused, they're just so very narrowly focused to win this competition, which only one out of however many people in this contest win it. What reminds me of a story, just a quick little side on this. Yeah, yeah. Of, um, uh, da, da, um, I'm trying to think of, she, uh, Robert Johnson. So Robert Johnson, some of you have heard of him, is a great, I didn't call him a philosopher, he's a Jungian psychotherapist. And he befriended me many, many years ago at a whole being weekend, just hit it off and got to share, got to spend time with him. And he tells me this story of different things in his life about going to Europe to be an organist. <laughs> and I've seen this movie of these European organists, they're like, and he wanted to be an organist professionally in his life. That was his goal. Well, when I was up at Paul's last time, a time before last, he says, oh, I've got this great book. I'm sure you've never heard of this guy, but it's Robert Johnson's autobiography. They go, no, no friend. <laughs> and is that not crazy stuff? It but he's there to be an organist and he ends up somehow saying, somebody saying the first class by Carl Jung is going to be happening. Do you want to go? And he goes and he has this dream. And in the dream, he's walking up this hillside and he ends up spending years interpreting this dream, which changed his life because he was open to the possibility and he wasn't so narrowly going to be an organist. So he ends up in Carl Jung's lap. Oh my gosh. So that's, it's so interesting. It's like that when you can, I think it's about, like that story is so incredible because um, both of them, because they're just a, a great example of like the synchronicity that can happen in your life when right. you're open to more than one possibility, right? Mm -hmm. So on this flute, there I am, I'm playing this flute. It was so great. <laughs> I start I start thinking, oh, I should take this on the, when I started teaching, this is way before I started teaching. Now I started teaching. I said, oh, I should take a flute with me. Well, in the meantime, this guy who made this flute, Stephen DeRuby, his girlfriend comes over and says, we got this other one um, that's got a little defect in it. And so it had like this, um, what did they put in there? They put it in this ground up stones, like turquoise in it. Mm -hmm. It had this little defect on it and said, so because you're helping sell our flutes to like you, <laughs> right. you know, we want to give this to you. So I'm like, great. So I go and I play it and it doesn't sound very good to me. So I like this other cedar flute and I'm like, well, it's nice, um, you know, and six months later, she comes over and says, well, how did you like the flute? I said, it's great, but it's kind of dead, right? It's kind of flat, and this other one's so bright and cheery, and she says, well, let me see, and she picks up the flute, and she goes, Whoa! I go, uh-oh, it's not the flute. <laughs> she sounded like an angel playing. So the flute was like this angel, and I went, holy smokes, it's not the flute, it's who's playing it and how they're playing it. So it really changed completely what I did with it. So I carried this flute everywhere, everywhere. I took it, it's been around the world multiple times, went all over the place with me. It was just this amazing flute. I figured I, it was so solid, I could use it. I needed to beat everybody <laughs> off. Multi-purpose. <laughs> yeah, it was so amazing. So then five years ago, I'm playing at a friend's going away. She's moving back to Ireland with her two young children. And so she wanted somebody, you know, a bunch of people to get together for picnic. She wanted me to bring my flute. So I bring it, but I leave it. I lost it at this picnic. Oh Never man. So I spent the last five years trying to find this. And the person who made it had passed away in the meantime. The, I think it was leukemia. 
tried contacting his ex-girlfriend, all these different people. Nobody had a clue. There's a couple of people in San Diego had some of his cedar flutes, but nobody had walnut flute. And then all of a sudden you send me this picture and it's the exact same key, <laughs> same everything, same top on it. And I don't know if you can see that. The color oh, is- yeah, yeah. Well, it changed. Yeah. It's so funny that the stone looks different because of the background you have there. Exactly. I think it changes the color of it. That's weird. But it's turquoise. It's turquoise. Yeah. It's, so and it all happened yeah. because I think I I think I did a podcast with Paul or something, and he yes. and, and I think he copied you in it or some for some reason. But you responded, and then you said, "Yeah, this." And I just I can't tell you how flabbergasted. I was, did you? And not only that, you were coming down to Southern California. Yes, so yes. Double amazing window. Again, that was... Oh, talking about response to the world or synchronicities or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. That was, and it was such a fun day, too. I know. Yeah. Beautiful day. Yeah. And you introduced me to a lot more things as it relates to music too, since I've met, met you or since we connected that day. Um, cause I'm, I picked up the ukulele now. So I've been playing with that. <laughs> a fun instrument, right? Yeah. So much fun. And I'm sure, have you checked out like a ukulele meetups or groups in your area? Uh, no, uh, it, meetups are kind of weird here right now because they're very, you know, yeah. very masky and, and scared of stuff, no, but, um, so people don't really want to get together, but, uh, I think, um, yeah, I think I'm going to try to, I'm going to learn the picking. Uh, I've already been working on the picking on my own, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm going to, I would like to learn some stuff about that more. So, cause I love how it sounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've just been playing around with that and, uh, it's really four strings, so you know, not a big deal. So easy, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and so, like, so there's different people online, you know, ukulele Zen. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's got just little beginning programs, the real advanced ones. And but yeah. his spirit is so into the holistic model, right? He's very Zen, the money, money, and then yeah. he plays. And the guy's like superb, of course. He's like, wow, how did this ever happen? You know, and he plays backup for her. who's that singer? Um, I can't remember what her name is, but she's she sings like an angel. She's in some group, you know, where they wear their white robes and stuff. But he plays guitar for the, her and stuff. So the guy's like a superb musician, but he makes it so he brings you into it because he's sharing. Yeah, right. right. That's how. It, yeah, you're sharing your gift, and when you're enjoying it. People can tell, and then they want to they want to uh, watch or listen, or they're really you know they're focused on you because you know that's what pe- what people are drawn to um, ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's not about <laughs> the person who's pushing it, you know. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that that's uh, I just love you. You remind me of all the synchronicity that can happen in life. And, and if you're just open to it and I really appreciated you back in the day, waking me up to that, because that was really, that really inspired me and I've not forgotten ever since. And, um, so, you know, just so much love and appreciation to you for what you do and what you have, uh, shared and brought to the table of uh, holistic health is, is just incredible. So thank you. Well, thank you for putting it out there. Yeah. Podcasts with working with clients and embracing it 
and being away from striving into the whole sharing mode, right? You're taking yeah. this information and you're opening people's eyes and letting them dive into being in the moment and being in the process and enjoying it moment to moment. It's like the whole yeah. mindfulness movement is what you know you're bringing forth to them. And so thank I'm you. Happy to yeah. pass the baton. <laughs> I know I will. Uh, maybe I'll do the flute one day. I'll get back to the flute again one day. This sounds okay. seems like, a, yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll say one more thing about the flute before we um, close up. But uh, I, I, I did. I stopped doing the flute because I lost the book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got more of them. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I don't know how to play now. So I'll just, you know, but now. <laughs> I could have improvised though. And that's what I'm going to do moving forward. I'm going to do more impro improvisation. Right. I really like a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo? Oh like yeah. I remember seeing the pictures of you playing that. Oh right, man, right. that's incredible. And so yeah. it's like, there's no real um, tone. There's no real per se thing that you're going to play. So it's kind of like really freestyle. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's, pretty it's awesome. Breathing. You kind of got to breathe to do it. <laughs> well, it's a good breath exercise. You know, it's so funny. I think we might have talked about this, but like the whole thing about like breathing, the Wim Hof, like it's all good and all, but like I kind of almost crave an expression of the breath, you know, like there needs to be an expression there, right? Yes. And so yes. that's why I like music and I like singing and, and vocal stuff. And, you know, like what you're talking about, that instrument you were talking about as well, like there's a way to express your breath, which I think gives life to it, you know, in a way. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for having me. You're and so welcome. Share a few little stories. And, oh, uh, yeah. I hope you come back at some point and share more because there was more stories that we could have talked about. But that was really all we, you know, could get to today. And I think that's probably people will be so happy to to hear these stories. It's going to inspire people. So thank you. And, and, I, and I love just 2022. Yes. <laughs> it's just it's got it's great. It's already great. And I'm so happy to be honest with you at the start Absolutely. of 2022. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I'm really grateful. I think this year is going to be uh, much better than the years. I mean, you know, every year for me has been pretty damn good. I have to say, I mean, it's been, I can't complain. Um, there has been challenges, but I feel like, you know, it's only going to get better. It's, it, we're just, you know, needing, I mean, you have to, I mean, the rubber needs to hit the road on occasion for you to use what you're, what you've learned. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, it's time for to flex your your spiritual muscle here, you know, like we got to do this. So this is all good for us. Um, well, is there anything that you want to share with my audience, Cliff, before you go about what you're currently doing and you're doing, we didn't really talk much about the iPhone uh, photography, but you're really amazing at that. And you do hold classes for that. Um, so yeah, I've taught for the last, oh gosh, seven, eight years now, iPhone photography, mainly for a group called the Anthenaeum. It's a music arts library that's 120 years old in La Jolla, California. Um, and it's kind of faded away at the moment because of in-person versus online learning. We did a couple online. It was nice because got people out of the area. Mm -hmm. um, it's just hard photography. I mean, yeah. you really want people to practice 
you know, in a group. So hopefully as it starts to open up, although it's closing down here again in California, they'll get back to that. So I do one-on-ones, I do online classes for that. Some people just want to, you know, have an oh, hour. Cool. Yeah. And then two days a week, I do uh, integrative healthcare. So I have a robust practice online, um, Monday and Wednesday afternoons, and I spend the mornings going over labs and different tests and things like that. Um, so I have clients from India to Singapore, wow. um, Scandinavia, all across the United States. I've got some really interesting clients. I have a new pediatrician who wants to get his life together and have a new family. And oh, wow. Wants to send me a lot of patients, and I only want a few good patients. There's a statement out there about patients, but good <laughs> patients, people who want to kind of put in the work and uh, open to bringing in music or whatever. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of just being focused. So, I do that two days a week, and the rest of the time, uh, really involved with photography. Surfers is the main thing concentrated on surf photography. I used to make thousands of surfboards, I have a surfboard patent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I meant to get into that story, but we didn't get a chance a to talk home. much about that, but we'll do that next time. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I had a friend gift me this camera because I oh, really? had some advice and she had gifted me this huge Sony, really expensive camera, just sent it to me in the mail. And it was like, I'm being pulled back into this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this happened recently. You said she yeah, gifted it you happened the camera? about a year and a half ago. Wow. Yeah, okay. so like I was yeah. completely just iPhone. I didn't want things simple. I didn't want Photoshop and computers and all this stuff. And she sent this. And then, you know, you pay attention <laughs> and you're open to things falling out of the sky, flutes or cameras or whatever. Well, you were just saying last time I saw you how uh, that, that, what was it called? The um, automatic, like, like they did like what 20 pictures in one click or something and it was too many right. to, to go through mm -hmm. right and yeah. yeah so maybe this would be better because it's just you get to only take you know a few pictures and <laughs> 30 frames a second is a lot 30 frames that's right yeah yeah, yeah that's crazy that this morning got some great pictures i slowed it down to 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a lot nice to be out there there's a great community you know people who surf tend to be a little bit more in touch with ebb and flow of the tides and the weather and they don't seem to be so well they're pretty focused but they tend to be <laughs> more in the environment right they want to yeah. be out in the future so yeah i think that's going to be the key moving forward is we're going to have to get our connection back there so, so oh my god so yeah. Two days but, a week. What's that? Two days a week. Yeah. You're helping people with a holistic health aspect. Right, right. Yeah. So, are you good. seeing people like for chiropractic still? Are you, are you doing any of that? I see occasionally maybe one a week, something uh -huh. like that. So keep my hand in it. But I do a lot of stuff online with like, for instance, people with chronic back or neck problems. There's so much you can do just online talking through stuff. So like polyvagal yeah. work, I, I can do all that mainly online and Oh, they that's great. Really good changes in people's life. I had a client in uh, New York recently who runs a museum and he had some challenges and talking through polyvagal eye movement, head motion. And whoa, that's so amazing. <laughs> so there's a lot you can do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things people don't consider. And that's that's great to make them aware of that for sure. I love it. I love helping people with those kinds of things too. Yeah. And then the Simple. other thing is connecting with people like you. 
know, yes. all the students. I have students in Melbourne and Australia and Byron Bay and just uh, staying in touch with all these people who have, you know, I've made an impact with them. But um, my old friend, Paul Brenner, he wrote a book, Buddha in the Waiting Room, Buddha in the Waiting Room, about how his patients were his teachers. And, yes. and I feel the same with, like you. Yeah, yeah. Coming back into my life and you are my teacher. Now, so, thank so. you. Ah, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Ah, uh, get great to talk to you and connect with you again, Cliff. All right. Thanks for reaching right. out. Thanks for handy. You're so welcome. Hey, can you leave us with a little flute? Oh, sure. We'll do one a little bit more upbeat. Okay.